Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com. Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Today, my guest is Ken Mishka. Ken is a chef and a farmer and the owner of Epiphany Farms Hospitality Group in Bloomington. And today, Chef Ken has on his farmer hat because he's going to talk about integrated pest management or IPM. Okay, so let's talk pests and how to integrate their management. Well, you know, that's it's a as soon as you start gardening and you start to raise vegetables, you start to really quickly realize that there's a lot of things that also want to eat the vegetables mm-hmm. that you're growing. And so I've over the last thirteen growing seasons, as I've had to like learn and train myself on how to care for vegetables, I've had to react to a lot of infestations. Um, lots of different types of insects show up and to know whether it's a friend or a foe and to know, you know, how serious is this and how do I prevent it or how do I get rid of it? And then whatever I do decide to get rid of it with, how healthy is that? Okay. That all makes sense. So like an example that I've encountered in my own garden is I grew a beautiful bunch of dill and then the caterpillars ate it. Yeah, there you there, go. The, those were my pests. Yep, and I are... didn't know how to manage it at all, so I just let them eat the dill. Right. So, uh, you know, one easy way is just to plan on planting more if you can if you have access to more land. But if you don't have access to more land and its space is really valuable and you start to recognize that you have a pest, then what tools do you have in your toolbox to be able to prevent those pests from coming back? Um or to prevent them from ever showing up in the beginning. So in the case of the dill, you have a caterpillar that is eating that specific plant family. Mm-hmm. And when we look at like ways of a biological control on that, um, there's a, a bacterium that's called BT, and the bacterium can actually, it, it goes and it kills the caterpillar and lives off of that caterpillar and then destroys it. And so by having that in your toolkit to be able to spray on the plants mm-hmm. could help with caterpillar or tomato hornworm or any of the moths that we're dealing with. And so one I, one thing that I've been looking at is, you know, what are the different types of approved organic um, ingredients that you can use? Or what are the techniques that you can use to um, help prevent them in the first place? So maybe you don't need to spray the, the bacterium on them or bacteria, but you can just observe and pick them off. And R- Which that, is what I try to do, gently relocate them to elsewhere. Yeah, so the most important thing is, I think, observation and paying attention to the plants and what's growing on them and, you know, and, and also understanding which plants are going to have what types of pest. Now that you've grown dill and fennel or carrots and you see that the foliage is being eaten, then you instantly know, like, okay, I have this type of caterpillar and that's mm-hmm. on there, so I need to stay ahead of that. And sometimes it is as easy as just pulling it off or, or spotting it and finding it. So at certain times of the day, I'll go through the greenhouse and I'll pull off all the tomato hornworms. And then I'll wait for the natural parasitic wasp to show up to then be able to biologically control that tomato hornworm. He eats the worms. I think it lays its eggs like in the worm and then it uses the worm as a carrier to breed more of the wasp. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So all of a sudden you have these giant three inch tomato hornworms and you're picking them off and then you come across one like kind of mid-season that has all these like white pupil like kind of like uh, cocoons hanging from it mm-hmm. and that's when you know you have the parasitic wasp so you leave that one on your plants oh. and then once those all hatch then now you have a, a friend a biological control that's helping you out so you don't necessarily have to react and then go to a chemical toolkit 
but you can use biological pests. So for instance, we can get like lady beetles or lace wings. We can have other insects that we can help nurture and raise and watch. Oh yeah, I have a lot of lady beetles here. So this is really healthy. So they're going to eat a lot of the aphids. The main thing to understand with insects is a lot of times it's because the plants aren't optimally healthy. Like they, they're missing nutrients or their, their defense mechanisms aren't working great because they have some mm-hmm. deficiency. So most of the time, the first thing is looking for nutrients. Mm-hmm. Do they have the right amount of nutrients? Do they get the right amount of water? Things like that, environmental type things that you can, um, you can apply and, and amend to them. The other thing to think about is just the IPM, so the integrated pest management. First is biology and observation, mm-hmm. other teams that things out there, you can have like um, beetle bunkers and stuff like that. Is but, that like a little house for beetles? Yeah, like in an area in your garden where you don't till it all the time and you let grass grow up and then you have a lot of like pollinators. And then now those those insects that needs that are gonna live and eat the insects that are gonna be eating your vegetables, they're gonna have a place to live and to be safe and they're not gonna get mowed. So then this way they can actually, you That's have those amazing. guys to help you out. You, okay, so you build a little environment for them. A hundred percent. And the more pollinators that you have in the area, the more diversity you have around the gardens. And that's just going to allow for that ecosystem to be you know, more resilient. But most of the time you have nutrient deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And then also most of the time the insects are a secondary pest of fungus and bacterial diseases. Oh, that makes sense. So it's like the pathogens and like different issues. So first you start to get fungal things and then all of a sudden the insects start to show up, right? And so in an IPM system, like for instance, our IPM would be to apply like an insecticidal soap. So mm-hmm. you have soap, you have some organic insecticides like neem oil that really mess with the reproductive stage, stages of um, the pest. And then you have the BT that I had mentioned. There's also some other ones called like spinosad. And then you can apply those, but usually I'm applying those cautiously because mm-hmm. they're, they're expensive and they are killing something. So sure. I don't want to use too much of them. But I'm typically looking at it and saying, okay, I need to get these plants more nutrition and then this way I won't be so susceptible to the insect pest. So if the plant is properly nourished, it kind of activates its own natural defenses. Exactly. Then, okay. Can I ask you, and this is off the, off the fly, so if you don't want to talk about him, you don't have to, but the spotted lanternfly, because he's in the, he's in the news a lot lately okay. because New York is finally starting to, to deal with him. So right. now that it's a problem in New York, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but we've talked about it on the show before, and I think – if I remember correctly, the reason that the spotted lanternfly is such a problem is because he doesn't have natural predators. And so the only advice that people have for dealing with the spotted lanternfly is to squish him. Does that make sense? Is that is that IPM? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, because through, through observation, you're realizing that you have them, and then you're doing mm-hmm. something about it. And that, that that's completely, that's IPM and, and a complete sense. And it's, you don't necessarily need to, uh, you know, a lot of times plants just do really well on themselves, but then other times they, the pest and the plants, they coexist and you mm-hmm. just, you just know that you're going to have them. Like for instance, with like zucchini, you know that you're going to have cucumber and squash beetles. Like there's just no way of getting around it. You can have optimal soil and we're still going to have some form of infestation come mid season. So in that case, 
you can sometimes I'll use one crop as like a, a attracting crop, and then the pest will get that. But once it gets farther enough in its life cycle, I can plant a second or a third planting, another oh. succession of it. So it's kind of like a decoy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and they do this. There, there's a lot of companion plantings that are designed around that. But most of the time, it's about noting it, observing it, just keeping them off. So simple soap, right? One mm-hmm. ounce of ivory clear soap to one gallon ivory soap because it it, it won't kill the bug no it, it does it, oh it does kill yeah the bug. it's a surfactant okay and so the just the soap itself makes it so that it can't fly and then it's also going to oh, make it oh. so that it doesn't want to eat it and then it'll keep it off and okay probably keeps the vegetables pretty clean too because <laughs> you're putting a little bit of, of soap on them but I think that, uh, you know, it's good for good sanitation. And whenever I'm applying that, I'm always mixing other nutrients. There's even this one beetle that we deal with in the gardens that's really heavy that's called a flea beetle. Mm -hmm. And the flea beetles are these little black tanks. I mean, these guys, you cannot kill them. And they go after the the little baby, baby seedling leaves. And they decimate full crops. And we have a really hard time with organic gardens controlling them. So a lot of times we have to use windrows or um, like a, an agrobond fabric. And we can even like put a blanket sheet over our garden bed so that the flea beetles don't attack them. There's things that are around us, you know, very, very simple things like essential oils and dish detergent or soaps, just basic mm-hmm. stuff that we can use to help protect our garden. And we don't necessarily have to contribute to all the insecticide and pesticides that are applied to gardens to control the insect infestations that we have to manage. I think that's a fantastic takeaway. So soap, squish, and essential oils, just nice little the easy things we can do at home. And my thanks to Ken Mishka for coming in and sharing some tips on integrated pest management. Thanks for listening to Grow.